You, and, you always sort of keep this buffer in the future. Keep the buffer yeah. in the future. That way, when I get down to my last two or three months, I've generally got my cost plus 25, 30% profit left over at the end. Okay. So that way I get to reap the benefits. I've paid my bills. I've paid my men. I've paid my equipment. I've paid my fuel, made a little bit of money throughout this project. And then at the end, I get this one big balloon payment because I have staggered my payments enough to where I've got a good sum of money left over at the end of the job. Hello, America, and thank you for joining the Profit Day Construction Show. My name is Chris Work. I'm here with my partners, Jeff Gibbons and Jeff Spencer. What's up? And our partner and producer, Jerry Work. There you go. Oh, yeah. there you oh wait, go. I'm from my Michael. Oh, hello. I thought you were about to jump into some John Cash here for a second, yeah. but no, that's okay. Well, that's I hear okay. that, Frank. Well, <laughs> <laughs> listen, uh, make sure to follow us. Uh, you can find us on YouTube and all other major social channels. Um, give us some feedback. Let us know what you guys want to talk about. We're always, we have all sorts of things to cover here, but certainly if there's anything specific you would like to discuss, and we certainly want to make sure we do that. Welcome, boys. Welcome. Welcome. Pop the top again. That's not <laughs> Sorry. No, that's great. Yeah. That's great. I, I think it sort of makes the, it sort of sets the tone. Yeah, know? I thought yeah. the intro would be a good time to, yeah, absolutely. to pull a tab on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, guys, we were having a discussion just a few moments ago, and Jeff, you had some, some insight on overbuilt. Yes. And how and how you might combat that, I, I presume. Well, in, in like past experience, you know, one thing that's always come to haunt us is you get overzealous starting a new project. You know, you get your store materials, you mobilize, you want to build for that. And you're like, you know, well, it may be a little half a month, month, you know, longer getting started than what we thought. Let's go ahead and build a little bit extra and uh, you know kind of have a good good pad to start with mm-hmm. but it all you know it's all fine and good but what happens is throughout the project if it's a five six seven eight month project <clears throat> when the end narrows you know you've already billed for the majority of your money so you get down to the last two or three months and it's like i can't bill as much as i need to because i overbilled up front and so now here I am, I'm spending all this money paying labor and equipment and, you know, some materials to get this job finished and put in mm-hmm. that I'm not going to get revamped for because I built up front. Right. Well, now, what <clears throat> difference would that be by billing too much up front versus a final billing at the end if I had properly managed my finances throughout the project? Or are you saying it's just well, more difficult to do that? Well, it's not and, more and difficult, why? I mean, because you build that money up front, but instead of taking that extra money and dedicating it to this job, mm-hmm. like putting an escrow account or something, mm-hmm. 
you've used that to fund other projects or you've used that to pay, you know, past you bills. Okay. You know, you've used that money up. So now you're primarily working for free because you've already pre-billed this and got compensated for it and you have nothing to show for it. So one thing that I've tried to do in the past, you know, over the last several years, I try to be kind of conservative. I look at my cost for this month, materials, labor, and equipment. I bill exactly what that cost is plus 5%. Okay, so you, you, you always sort of keep this buffer in the future. Keep the buffer yeah. in the future. That way, when I get down to my last two or three months, I've generally got my cost plus 25, 30% profit left over at the end. Okay. So that way I get to reap the benefits. I've paid my bills. I've paid my men. I've paid my equipment. I've paid my fuel, made a little bit of money throughout this project. And then at the end, I get this one big balloon payment because I have staggered my payments enough to where I've got a good sum of money, money left over at the end of the job. When I got to go back and do punch list items, I've got to, you know, adjust hydrants, you know, backfill behind a curb, whatever I've got to do. I've got money in there to compensate for that with a really, really good profit margin. And so it sounds to me too like that was sort of by overbilling, you're essentially mudding the books along the way. Exactly. So it makes it harder to know where you're profitable or not. Yes. And how to adjust that moving yes. forward. But when you get in that mindset, you know, that you're doing that on a regular basis, then that tells me that that's when you need something like Profit Dig to help you manage your books. Because you may not have enough money in your project to be profitable from start, you know, from point A to point B, mm-hmm. from start to finish. Yeah. And so if you're upside down off the start to where you're having to, to overbill up front to pay your bills, that's when you really need to look at, you know, how you got your business structured mm-hmm. and figure out, you know, hey, what do I need to do to change this and what kind of application do I need to help me? To, to keep guidelines on it. Sure. And odds are, it's not the first time you've done that. Right. To be in that position. Exactly. Yeah. Constant playing catch up. Right. Yeah. So that was the only point I was making in our previous discussion was, you yeah. know, need to be cautious. And the, the worst feeling in the world is get down to the last couple of months of a job and, and you build for, you know, 95% of it. Yeah. And you don't have any money left, so you're paying out of your pocket right now because you have overbilled and overspent. Yeah, mismanaged stuff. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Yes. That's how I got to this point. That's where. <laughs> yeah. That's why. That's why I'm saying it's, it's, not, it's, it's not. It's not a good experience, you know. Yeah. Was that something you did earlier in your career? It was something I did later in my career to try to offset desperate times. Okay. You're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. End up chasing your tail. Was that, was that pressure from from your management coming down, or was that just a personal pressure you put on yourself? Well, it was it was it was a timing issue. It was like we had done good up to a certain point, and then the economy crashed, two thousand nine. Oh yeah, bottom fell out. Yeah, bottom fell yeah. out. And so you start grasping at straws. And so we start overbilling, 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 you know, trying to to make things work. And then, you know, before you know it, the guy you're working for files bankrupt, bankruptcy and, and leaves you hanging. And, you know, you're spent a million plus dollars of your money 
you know, trying to, to fund his projects that he's not paying for. Mm-hmm. So you overbill, try to compensate. And when he doesn't have the money to pay, it don't matter how much you overbill. If you don't end up getting the money, yeah. it'll be any good. Yeah. Which that, that ties into the idea of, of making sure that you're not so dependent on a single yes. source of income. As my dad said, okay. you know, that's where we messed up was putting all of our eggs in one basket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, did your bond help you protect against that? This is private work, so they have to be bonded. Is there ever an opportunity where for private work you can bond it? Even uh, well, there is, but it's mostly on the the GC or the owner. He may request a bond to make sure he's secured. But most time, you as a contractor or subcontractor, you know, you want to stay out of bonding as much as possible because it's extra cost. It is, but. You know, it's all you know, similar to insurance, right? I mean, where, right? Yeah, of course, it's going to cost you more from your margin. But but if you were to be in some type of event where the person who's hired you goes bankrupt, like it could have a domino effect for all the subcontractors it, they've hired out. But if you happen to have insurance or bond to protect yourself in that situation, is that the but, right approach? But you as owner, me as a, as a contractor, if you're not willing to request a bond or want a bond, then there's no way I can force you to do that. And so there's no benefit for me to have a bond against myself. And I can't have a bond against you if you're not it, willing to bond the it, project. Right, is, is there a, a, an insurance type of product that... It's a bond. That's it. That's your insurance. That something that would protect you as a you, subcontractor. You have a bid bond, which is initiated by the owner, and that's like if you default on your bid, it goes to the next lowest bidder, and then you've got to pay the difference. That's where your your insurance company comes in. It's all insurance, and then you have a payment and performance bond. So if you award me the project, and then I default after starting the project, then you as the owner are guaranteed that you're going to get your money. You're going to get a project, and whatever it costs you, in addition, my bond is going to pay for that. But me as a subcontractor, I can't really request a bond because that's going to cost me the job. You know, the owner's like, you know, I'm the one that has to be protected. So there's nothing that works the opposite that protects you from the the GC going down. So that's more maybe a word of caution as a subcontractor is if you have the opportunity to be selective on jobs that have bonds yeah and it's it's like you know anytime there's a bond share you know like a gc maybe been a project and you're you're a, a subcontractor on that gc gc and they're going to ask you your bond rate you know whether it be you know 0.92 percent or 1.3 percent whatever it may be mm-hmm. depending on the, the magnitude of the the monetary amount then if you include that in there you know that you're protected in that bond and, you know, the owner also is protecting that bond because you've paid X amount of dollars. But what it boils down to is like you as a GC, or I mean you as a sub, if you don't perform, that bond that you've paid only protects the owner saying that, you know, hey, I can get someone else to come in, finish your work, mm-hmm. and whatever it costs me extra, your bonding company is going to pay for it. So there's really not a whole lot of protection there for 
You know, when someone says they're licensed and bonded, bonded means that I'm guaranteeing you, if you hire me, if if I screw up or back out, you're going to get your work done, whatever it costs you. My, my insurance company is going to pay the difference. So, Jeff, that, that was a big thing that got um, your company in trouble years ago, your dependence on the single client. Mm-hmm. Looking back, what could you have done differently to mit- somewhat mitigate that that risk from the single source of well to to be able to defer and say you know like i'm going to bid work to you but i've also got to focus on other clients i've got to bid work to them as well we did not do that this one particular guy was giving us so much work and it's like every time we gave him a bid, he, he'd call us like, you know, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. And we got to where, you know, we had actually added more crews. We were subbing out more work. And we got to the point to where, you know, we did not have enough people, even with our subs, to do the work we had. I mean, you know, we, we, were, we were doubling in size every year. Done that for eight years straight. Well, about six years straight. And it's not like the GC you were working with said, you know, I'm going to go file bankruptcy. I mean, that wasn't his plan either. No, I'm, no, I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but he, but he never gave us a heads up. Right. No, he kept giving us and work. Yeah, that type of relationship. We even yeah, got that, to the point to where you know, if we if we gave him an invoice for that month, he was paying like thirty to fifty percent of that invoice, and then he'd have excuses like, you know, hey. You know, I had to pay for this, I had to pay for that. I'm going to catch you up on this next project or, you know, later down the road. You know, we had so much work with him, like, well, okay. Yeah. Well, next month, same thing. And it was good for a but, long time, so you had no reason right. to suspect that. Right. But yeah. that that's another clue, then. If you're in that situation and suddenly payments are not turning out quite right, that's regular, that's that could be a sign that there's right. trouble ahead. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Look for yeah. patterns. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good information, Jeff. I appreciate you sharing that with us. I hope it's a learning lesson for all of our viewers. Anyone like to leave us with some words of wisdom this evening? Well, I hear that drink. Yeah, I hope it's not the GC that's only going live. Yeah, GC's off train. That's right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, you're a rock, dig. We'll see you next time. See y'all.